Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything, everything, everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm Clayton, and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company called Cantilever. And we love the Nets. Rasta pod time, baby. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's We the People. Welcome in, folks, and welcome to a mother effing, a mother father Rasta pod time. How you doing, Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. We made it, baby. 2020. It's all going to be different this year. Oh, yeah. Just like every year. (laughs) Everything is changing this time. This is the year. Sport of the future. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's dive in. We got a January camp. Thank you for anyone who joined us for the peeps. Always fun. Love those. If you missed them, go ahead and go back for arbitrary categories, for arbitrary reasons, uh, and awards that mean nothing to people that don't know about them. It was a good time. Check it out. Uh, but today, it's all USMNT, baby. We got a January Rasta, lots of babies. Um, Ty, how you feeling? Should we dive in? I feel great. I'm, I'm pumped for 2020. New uh, year, new Berhalter. <laughs> it's a brand new Greggy B, baby. Uh, <laughs> Greggy B 2K! Let's dive in here. But first, remember, uh, could you please rate and review? Super helpful. Five stars, please. That's what we go for. And feel free to reach out on Twitter. Always there at WTPPod. End uh, of housekeeping. Line up, boys. Let's see uh, who's here. Let's check back in with these USMNTs and hopefully kick it off to an amazing start. This is more or less, I've like grazed this roster, but this is more or less my first time uh, reading it. And if it's yours, that's all good because Ty's going to explain it all to us. Uh, line them up. Bill Hamid, both gloves maybe. Billiam. If not for Sean Johnson. And who are you, JT Marchinskowski? Marchinkowski. Any thoughts on that one, Ty? <laughs> eh. <laughs> He's got to earn it before we actually attempt to pronounce his name correctly. Okay, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Matt Turner. Uh, defenders Julian Araujo, Reggie, Pow, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie Cannon, Chase Gasper, Justin Glad, Aaron Long, the rat tail you know and love, Mark McKenzie, welcome in, good to see us, Sam Vines and Walker Zimmerman. Uh, midfield Brendan Aronson, Kristen Kappis, Brian Kayo, Sebastian Letjet, Paxton Pomacall, Christian Roldan, and Jackson Yule. Uh, up front, we've got Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, Jonathan Lewis, welcome back, why not? Ulysses Yanez, not to bury the lead, maybe should have gone forwards to goalkeepers, mm-hmm. uh, because Uli's in, baby, let's do this Uli. thing. Uli, baby, <laughs> Uli, baby, and Puli, baby, Jordan Morris, <laughs> Jordan Morris, welcome back. Pookie, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Many Pookie, babies. And of course, of course, would not be Greggy B's without GRC Zardes. All right, let's do this thing. Ty, first of all, uh, can you give a little context on... Um, how this roster, who this roster is being selected from. So the, it's a weird one because the tradition of the January camp is that it is the best domestic based players. And that is, 
I don't think that's been bad. Um, and the, the reason for that is that MLS is off now and the, the rest of the world's leagues, uh, most of them are on. And so during the, this, this window where MLS is off, U.S. soccer has often organized this turn, this, uh, camp for those players to kind of get reps and get, get, you know, uh, be seen by the national team coaches. And I don't think there's ever been anything especially wrong with that. It's been fine. Uh, but this year we have the pending Olympic qualification process and they did not decide to do a under 23 camp. And I think the reason is that they felt like if they took the under 23s out and they took the, you know, uh, non-domestic players out, you'd be left with a very wild Ross. <laughs> there would be lots of will trap and and the trapettes out there <laughs> and you know so concentrate well, attention a little bit like i i wouldn't have been shocked if if greggy b did that just to mm-hmm. get his core together the group um the group yeah the group as it were uh i am heartened by the fact that they chose to not do that so what they did instead was they kind of combined the u23 training uh with a handful of the group members and um, switched up the way that this camp is being run. And I hope that this is something that continues into uh, future years where there's not Olympic qualification on the horizon because I think if you're going to have a camp of mostly domestic-based players, make them under 23s. You know? Yeah, I'm with that. It, it, makes, with that. it makes sense because you, you have enough statistics and knowledge about the, the older MLS players. And like... It would be like every year there was like a 24-year-old who came in as, you know, a part of the, the, the larger blend and then emerged as a more solid, you know, starter for the team. Is that team. not how like we your, ended up with Jeff like Cameron's Corey Baird? Matt Beasler's of the world. Well, like the, the last couple of years, it kind of stopped happening that Nick way. Lima? I think just because the, yeah, like Nick Lima was the one from, from last yeah. year's January camp essentially, but He's just not that good. I mean, you know, I think the the there were more diamonds in the rough back in the day when yeah. fewer of the fishies were going abroad earlier. You know, like it, like nowadays, like I, certainly a Jeff Cameron, I don't think he would have lasted five years in MLS or whatever he did. Like he he would have been out the door much faster. So, um, so it's it's a different world, and the this new strategy reflects that different world. And I I enjoy the the strategy that 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 they've used here so it's nice to start the year off with, on a on a positive uh foot there and beyond the initial roster which was great they also brought in uh brendan servania i just saw today oh nice who, so another another boy. You know, u20 vet um who yeah. i i always like the look of and i think he's he's got what it takes to be a contributor for the nats and you know his most likely scenario like this case in point like the most likely thing that Brendan Cervania will become is Christian Roldan. Like that's his trajectory right now. Yeah. Like he, he'll be like an MLS leader, like a Kellen Acosta, Christian Roldan type, a Will Trap type. And that's, that's, you know, not going to do it for the Nats, but there's no reason to look at those other players I mentioned again, you know, yeah. you just move on to the next and maybe one of these guys surprises you. So who are a few people on this roster that you're excited to see upon first impressions? Well, the the uh, Uli hype train. Knows the Uli no hype train is real. Let's go. It's real. Let's go. It's baby. real. This this kid is legit, and it, I think it's easy to blend a lot of the um, the youngsters together because they, you know, there's a lot of kids in Bundesliga academies, for instance, 
but his his stats playing for the under nineteen team are are ridiculous, and his he's just dominant in that uh, league. So I was hoping that he would get more of a run with the uh, Wolfsburg senior team during the Winterpausen, but. Um, this is a good next, you know, second. It's a best. good next step, and it's interesting yeah, given yeah. A, a lot of the talk about needing to be, you know, leaders in your club to to make it to the national team. I mean, this is a different approach. I got to say, I'm a little surprised. I would have been more cynical than, than I'm surprised. What, I, what I'm seeing, yeah, I'm very surprised. And I, I mean, maybe Greggy B is changing a little bit. Well, maybe we'll have to see when it comes to ways. real senior team rosters. He might but be changing his ways. Now we'll just, see. We'll see. Just the fact that he's like you know, aware of yeah. the results that this kid is having in the under 19 Bundesliga and, you know, actually taking that seriously yeah. makes a big difference. But I, I just right. pulled it up and he's got this year. He has uh, in 11 matches, eight, 800 minutes. He's got 10 goals and three assists. <laughs> so, so that's pretty good. So he's, he's ready. He's ready to take a step up. Um, and, you know, we've seen in the past scenarios where like, random USMNT minutes actually become club minutes because the club gets evidence that uh, the, the the kid is ready yeah, you get to some play good tape. senior You get ball. some good tape. Yeah, and sometimes tape. they play you out of tape. their fucking mind when you put the jersey on. Exactly. Um, all right. So who is Brian Cayo? Uh, Brian Cayo is kind of the, the wild card selection for this group where he was on the U17 roster and must have, I don't know, he wasn't like a standout. For the U-17s, he played a little bit, I think, in the tournament. Um, but they just like the look of him for some reason. So it's another one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not I, I'm not particularly bothered why you picked Brian Cayo. <laughs> uh, I just want there to be a Brian Cayo involved all the time. Like, yeah. bring yeah. it on. Bring it on. Like, I, you know, the, whenever these players excel at the U-17 level, just, just try. Try it. Try See him. what happens, you know? And, it, it, and that's like, the good version of you see something we don't see, right? Because we can only choose from the players that like make it to TV, basically. So right, someone like right, Brian right. Kai, maybe there is something there that we're not seeing. And that's exciting. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. And I'm glad to not have been able to like predict this player. What I'm trying to say is if, if the Federation wants to say we have a way and you don't know about it, which is one of their common messages, this is the good way to do that. Sure. Yeah. I mean show me that you're paying attention, you know? Yeah. Bring out some, bring out some youngins. And it, it also comes amidst some other good news that, um, Brian McBride has been appointed as the general manager of the oh, men's national team. Hell, 2020 baby. 2020, We're in this. 2020 let's go. <laughs> Less vacant vacancies. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's already about? one vacancy down. Uh, I, I gotta they, say, they, great choice. Never would have guessed it. It's a fantastic so excited. choice. Come on, McBride's yeah. back. I, like I, yeah, I don't know if I would have put him into that kind of role, like right after his career. Like I was never sure if he was that kind of guy as a player. But um, he, his uh, broadcasting career, I think, has shown a level of thoughtfulness about the game that we are lacking <laughs> and uh, and obviously the, the doesn't extensive take much. experience with uh you know playing at the highest level playing yeah. in world cups scoring and just being a symbol a motherfucking icon it's absolutely. still brian mcbride shirts at usmnt games come on man there there absolutely are and my one of my abiding memories is uh him with the giant cut on his face yeah. against italy in the world cup in 2006 <laughs> 
And, you know, that's the kind of player he was, and that's that's what our team needs right now. But I think he, as someone who played both in Europe and in the States, he can provide good perspective to these youngsters like Ulianes about how, you know, you're not Neymar. You come from America. And in America, we approach the game in a certain way, and we are willing to get our faces cut for the cause, you know. So, so someone like that being involved, I think, helps send the signals about the type of team that we want to have. Once again, this is the good version of U.S. soccer culture. You know, this is the part of our identity that we once felt stuck with. Like all we have is being these like tough to play against, like physical teams. But now we have skill, and we can combine that with what's our true DNA. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it, it's it's all a matter of the blend and the balance. You know, and yeah. I think. Uh, there's the, I, I think of him as sort of emblematic of being able to make that balance because he was certainly a very technical player as well as being a battering ram. Um, and then, you know, obviously the other one that comes to mind is Dempsey. And Dempsey! If they can find a job for Dempsey, I mean, get on Dude, there's in, buddy. No way. There's no way. He's fucking Luke Skywalker in the new Star Wars movies. Maybe he's, that's he's, his role. He's out to Maybe see, that's man. his role. They send. They he's send. Pro- he probably is involved, like Andre three thousand in the recording sessions. Yeah, like exactly. you never hear about it, but he is exactly. there. <laughs> no, they should send Yanez on like a three seater Cessna <laughs> down to Nacogdoches <laughs> and not not tell him where he's going. Yeah, and then he's he's got a he's got a three week fishing vacation with. Yeah, Clint. he's just got. That's be actually there. where he is right now. That's his January camp. Yep, still counts as being on the roster, though. Exactly. Adjunct professor, if you will. Indeed. So uh, I got another one for you. Who is what's going on with Christian Kappas? Yeah, Christian Kappas is a, a, an interesting uh, player, a defensive midfielder who's playing in uh, in Scandinavia. I think he's in Norway. Hobro, yeah, Hobro, Denmark. Sorry, yes. sorry, Hobro. <laughs> we Haro. got that right first Haro. try. You know it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and he's uh, he's another one where it's tough to find the games, so it's really hard to evaluate. But he's certainly at a young age. I think he's twenty one, twenty two. He has become a starter there. He's the kind of player they they seem to really trust. And um, and you know we're we have a, a desperate lack of of sixes in the in the pool. Um, so it would be neat if one of these guys could kind of blossom. I think I, I hope that's Give why they chance. brought Servania in as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine so. I imagine yeah. so. Although I don't love him at the six, I think he's more of an eight, uh, kind of a destructive eight. I, but... Yeah, I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Yeah. But, but still, but good to someone. See. You know, so he, we just need to broaden the pool there, and and they it it just shows that they're willing to let go of Will Trap, and that's that's, that's all I could have hoped that's for. Happy holidays. <laughs> I mean, Zardes, welcome in, welcome in. Yeah, just the for Zardes. The thing, so, okay, here's here's another. Will thing. Trap's I, not I, as good for television as Zardes. That's right. That's right. I have some issues with the the approach still. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to critique too hard because this is like 90% where I would want to be. But there's this idea that like, no, you have to have a balance. You know, you don't want to bring. No, no, no. We didn't want to bring Giassi Zardes for his striking. <laughs> We're bringing him for the squad, you know, to help the team yeah. Yeah. to succeed. And and as a locker room presence. And like we, in the peeps, we talked about this with Emily Sonnet, you know. It's like, well, you know, she's not the best, but like, she's probably worth a spot in the 18 because she's like good enough and she's so good on the, 
uh, you know, on the the uh, intangible mm-hmm. side. Although I got to say, Emily's sonnet is way more important to the team. She's so good. She's so much better than Jazzy's sonnet. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, that's a totally unfair comparison. But there's the, the same kind of thought, and there was also this thought with like, oh, you got to bring Demarcus Beasley to the World Cup. You know, you got to have him on the roster because it's veteran leadership. And Bees, what I Bees is becoming don't a chef understand. Now. He's he's wonderful, and I want him to be a leader. But what I don't understand is why they don't just bring these people as coaches. Just make Emily Sonnet an assistant coach and bring the 18 best players. <laughs> like, if you don't intend for Genius. her to play significant minutes. That's so obvious. And there's so no restriction smart. on the amount of coaches you can have. <laughs> That's awesome. Just bring him in like Thierry Henry. Yeah, just he's like in an advisory role. <laughs> She's a, he can yeah, lead training. He can like hang out in the locker room, you know, slap towels, whatever, whatever goes on. Yeah, he's in a be awesome, have nice hair <laughs> yeah. role. That's he's, his, he's that's a very shit. he's a very uh, he's a very dignified gent, and he he kind of like I, I, I you can see it, you know, I, having seen uh, you know the the team in post games and things like that. Like he's he definitely takes responsibility and. I think he is legitimately good in that in that role and like bringing younger players in, but just make him a coach. Bring him, in. yeah. This is so that's my only critique. I would much rather just have you know Mason Toy in in the striker slot. We're, I'm stealing that idea. Stop talking about that idea because I want to steal it for the Pirate <laughs> Federation. We're going to yeah, use exactly. that. Don't tell anyone listening to this. Don't tell anyone about that idea. We're going to offer that to Sipu Baby, Weston McKenney, and Tyler Adams. We're going to offer the women's team a lot more money, and we're going to make a pirate federation with that idea. So shh. But uh, I am super <laughs> – so shh. Um, so quick context. Uh, they were going to go to Qatar, then didn't. Now Bradenton, uh, what happened there? Yeah, they decided that uh, given the current political tensions – regarding Iran and the U.S., that being in Qatar was probably not the best idea for an official cool, U.S. Cool. delegation. So, cool, 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 and cool, cool. I, I'd have to say that's probably wise. So they switched <laughs> it. They did still switch it to a different location, which I think is smart. So they're playing a, at the uh, IMG Academy in Bradenton, where all the, the um, you know Nike friendlies and those kind of tournaments tend to be held. And, um, so I think this is, it's, it's a good move. And what I like about it is just that they're willing to switch it up because the, 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 like January camp being in Carson every year, I think it got stale and it hasn't necessarily been delivering results in the way that it originally started to. And when it was proposed, there's a lot of reasons for that. Like the, you know, our younger good MLS players are leaving the MLS fast or leaving MLS faster. Yeah. And so you're not getting a 22 year old Tyler Adams in the January camp anymore. Yeah. Those kind of players aren't just, they're, they're just not here. So I think it makes sense to, to just reevaluate and rethink how this camp works in general. And the location is, is sort of a signal of that. Um, but they are, they are still playing the game in Carson, which I think they could, avoid i mean last time they did it in arizona in a in a football stadium which was also ridiculous but i don't see why (laughs) you can't just you know throw portland a bone or something uh but anyway it's it's it'll be your average uh ten thousand count crowd for the the weak ass january friendly that you usually ends up being kind of boring but you never know. Maybe, <laughs> but with it this, matters to us, and who it knows? matters to us? And this, this might be the, this, this roster, might become the new permanent. This group. is the least boring. This, yeah, this is the this least is the boring, least this boring is... I've I've seen in 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 ages. So yeah. 
we're going to get, we could have like an actual U23 team who plays against Costa Rica, and that would be fantastic. So speaking of U23s, friend, uh, we got a group. We got a group, skis. Let's fucking do this thing. Um, 2020, baby. It's getting better. Brian McBride. Thank you, Base God. Welcome back. Uh, what's going on with the group stage for Olympic qualifying? Yeah, so the, the groups are out, and the U.S. has drawn a toughie. And it's I don't know how the CONCACAF rigging system didn't get this one right, but somehow Costa Rica, Mexico, like, and the U.S. We waited every ball. I know, I know. The balls, the balls was was manipulated, but still, uh, the Canada, oh, sorry, uh, Costa Rica, Mexico, and the U.S. are in one group, and then the other group has Honduras, Canada, El Salvador, and Haiti. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. So the so uh, Group A, uh, um, and by the way, the tournament is in Mexico. So this is a fight for second for the U.S. And, um, you know, not to be too pessimistic, but let's just, let's just get real. So the U S has to get past the Costa Rica U 23s essentially. Uh, and you know, don't, don't, I wouldn't put anything past the Dominican Republic as well. Uh, you never know with this U 23 group, it's been pretty rough in the past. All right. So quick clarifying question. Who's, who's coaching this team amongst all these vacancies? Do we know yet? It's a little bit far out. You know, we kind of prefer to do things last second. Yeah, yeah. The giant pinwheel that they spin every time a youth team <laughs> tournament comes around uh, has landed on Jason Christ this time. So he's he was he was selected. That 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 uh, that lottery ball was <laughs> was picked, and so Jason Christ is in charge. I don't really think the coach matters that much, but I, I would have liked for it to be uh, Berhalter because I think I think that can be managed with the schedule, but maybe not. Um, would definitely be unorthodox, but I was hoping for that. But it's fine as long as Kreis uh, has some sense of like what you know Berhalter is actually looking for from the team. <laughs> He'd be the first, uh, and uh, you know. The, but I, I I look at this group and I'm I'm definitely afraid. Uh, it, it could go very very wrong. But I I I believe. Damn it! I believe in this in this group and in the progression of our of our you know soccer playing youth and. I think that our U23s are much better than they were four years ago, and I'm just going to have to keep holding on to that until they get dumped out. <laughs> yeah, I think that they are too, but there's no better way to find out than to uh, watch these games coming up. Sorry, watch this yeah. game coming up. Uh, so we've got Costa Rica February 1st. Yes, um, and then and we've so got I turned... Costa Rica in the U23s for major points. Major, Major Pointalones. Pointalones, dog. <laughs> Major Pontes. Uh, but I, I, in moments like this, I, all I can really do is turn to my brother beside me and ask, who are these people? Who are these people? Who are these people? Who are these people? So Costa Rica are the team that, what do they come? They came second in qualifying last time. They beat the United States men's national team home and away convincingly both times and i mean you'd have to think that they're uh, based on recent results uh, maybe maybe number two maybe tied for number two in in the region so it, it has been a very tight and cagey uh, matchup over the last um you know 10 years between the u.s and, and costa rica and they have had many excellent players who have come through their ranks yeah usa likes to think it's all about usa mexico but really we're in a thruple it's a thruple. It's officially a thruple until until 
Costa Rica. And you know, someone's always got the upper hand in a thruple. (laughs) And it's Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know, and I know. Everyone knows. Everybody knows that. So, so in this, in this magical triangle, um, Costa Rica has often played the role of like scrappy, less talented, but over, you know, well coached, well organized, well drilled machine. Uh, you know, Mexico has always had the most glittering talent and the U S has always had the, the energy and effort and yada, yada. Um, but I think that, that Costa Rica has been the team that's been the most clever and, and sort of, uh, tactical about Mm -hmm. the way that they've gone Mm -hmm. about and the, uh, the, their performance at the, uh, at the prior world cup, the 2014 world cup was really strong where they made it developed sort of an innovative five in the back system. Um, and kind of drilled it to perfection and then, uh, and then had a lot executed. of success in that World Cup. Executed well. Yeah. In that last World Cup, yeah. they didn't do too well. Um, but I, I still think that a lot of their games could have gone either way. And, you know, they, they, they needed a little help and they didn't get it. So anyway, so we'll they're a strong see. And are team. They first team or are they personnel. also doing a youth thing? We don't know yet, uh, but my expectation would be that they'll, they're going to be more youth heavy. And they're, they're definitely a team in transition. The, the generation that has uh, maligned the U.S. for, for many years of your uh, Johan Venegas and your um, Giancarlo Gonzalez's and Brian Ruiz. They're, they're getting older. They're on the other side of 30, and it's time for them to start looking for some fresh blood. So I'm hoping to see the, the best of the, the Costa Rican fishies, especially because it would be a neat preview for the uh, Olympic qualifying tournament. That would be tight. And it really is all about the Olympics right now. I, I heard you, you – I've my my girlfriend just the other day was like, oh my god, the Olympics are coming up, which is so much more attention than any U.S. men's soccer games ever get. Exactly. It's a unique position where because soccer is so much less of a thing here than the Olympics, the Olympic tournament is actually very important for the U.S. men's national team. Whereas for like Germany, you know, the Olympic football tournament is a total afterthought. Yeah. For us, it's actually a way for our team to get in the spotlight just as much as in a World Cup context. Yeah. You know, because in, that's in the, the, that's the, the level that we're at. We're at the level with like volleyball and, uh, and the, the, the uh, one where they gymnastics. ski and then shoot the target. <laughs> that's where we're yeah. at. Okay. This is like, and the, and the basketball team for USA doesn't get as much attention as the NBA. Um, that's, yeah, that's yeah, like precisely, precisely. So, yeah. So, all right. So, who do you want to see? Let's assume fishy versus fishy. That'd be tight. Would love that. Um, l- give me an eleven before we get the GTF out of here. All right. So, I, I definitely want Max Fishy. Maybe with the exception of Aaron Long, who I would like to just see continue to. Aaron along. Long is one example of someone who's who actually seems to possess genuine leadership in a way that yeah, it's like, yeah, get yeah. him on the field. Help him organize field this leadership. whole thing. Not, yeah, not locker leadership. room presence. <laughs> not, not, not assistant coach Giassi Zardes. Not sweet margaritas. Uh, <laughs> no margaritas involved. <laughs> That's a throwback. So let me go. Okay, I'll, I'll start in the back. I, I'll, I'll go for JT Martinkowski. He was, he was the backup in the uh, U-20 World Cup um, uh, two, two cycles ago and was supposed to be kind of better than, than Klinsman, who played it ahead of him. So I'd, I'd like to get a better look at him. And um, I, I love the look of Julian Araujo 
and I'll put I'll, I'll take Julian Araujo as a center back, which is his more natural position. He's been playing right back for the Galaxy to kind of break in mm-hmm. uh, over the course mm-hmm. of last year, but I think he's more of a center back. And I'll take Reggie, and I'll chuck Sam Vines out there at left back just to get a Why look. Why not? Yeah, Why not? have a look. And, the, and a then look. Aaron Long anchoring the team in central defense alongside Araujo. And then in midfield, let's go for I – want, I want more Paxi minutes. Absolutely. And that one's a I'll, big one for me. I feel like we haven't had the chance. There's no, cha- there's no time like the present to break Paxi Pommy minutes. fully. He's a, it, it's an interesting situation with him because he got this like contract extension that uh, he's getting paid like real money to be important for Dallas. So I, I would have to presume there's been overseas interest, at, but maybe it wasn't at the level that he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. and he, he can give it another, you know, two years in, in Dallas and then maybe move on. Yeah. Um, but it looks like they, you know, they're invested in him. He's one of the, uh, he's got to be one of the top paid, um, MLS players, American MLS players. So, uh, big things, big things won. I want Christian Cap, Capis, Capi, Capi, Capi in Cappy, Cappy. At the six. And then I'll put Aronson at the 10. I, I, I love the look of Aronson. He's like. He's very mercurial and very mistake prone, I, I think. But his he's definitely got the sauce. <laughs> Sadly, also very mistake prone. So who's up front for you? And up front, I I want uh, I want to see Jesus Ferreira. I really want to see Jesus Ferreira. I love him. Jonathan Lewis, baby. Lewis Ulysses. Lulysses. And Lulysses <laughs> is the first name on the team sheet. Again, should have started from the front. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just I'll just chuck Jamo Smooth in it as a striker. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Zardes. Maybe put. I don't know. Maybe, I feel like Ferrero would be better wide. Yeah. Yanez yeah. obviously better wide. Yeah. Put Morris at the at the or just don't play a striker. Just play more wingers. Just play two right wingers and no striker. <laughs> but I like reading that reading that uh, eleven out. I'm 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 hyped. I'm I can't wait to watch this team. I know that could be really good, but the truth is we have no idea. Yeah. We still have no idea. So we shall see. Uh, it'll be a good game. Join us for it. Tie any last thoughts before we go. Get get psyched. 2020, year of the Nats. <laughs> this is the year. It's Brian McBride it, is it back. Is US soccer's best year ever until it's not. So currently, it's our best year ever. Congratulations, golf, and we're at par, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Zero. All right, let's do this thing. I like it. Uh, Although I quite dislike global warming, as I'm sure you should as well. PSA. Uh, (laughs) Have you heard of it? Um, But I do like having a random warm ass day in the winter. (laughs) I don't mind that. I don't mind that, and it's been nice. Um, I like realizing that you can do anything by any means. You ever thought about that? Doesn't matter how much time or money you have. You can do it. Um, and I also Ooh. quite like, uh, can't say AirPods said those last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's two. You could go for the, uh, the I other like the AirPods. Other AirPods. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like mechanical pencils, you know, genius, <laughs> genius, fucking genius. Uh, but I don't love any of that shit. As much as I love the Nats. Let's go, January. Let's go, 2020. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. 
You have to be in the top two, but if you're third, <laughs> you have to be at least third of all the top of three all the teams. Top threes. And if you're fourth, <laughs> if you're the worst you... top three. <laughs> no, if the worst top three loses to you, that's. If right? the worst of the top three wins. <laughs> And the best top four team. That's when we all go through. If that happens, (laughs) everyone goes through. We just start over. We just start over. (laughs) But it never happens. (laughs) It never happens. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. You'd think, right? You'd think. You'd think. I mean, you'd be like, we're going to be here for years. But no, but no, dude. 